reviews on Post Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will get a full dose of Dr. Chris Bergwald. He's here first for Biblical Bites with Dr. B. And then we're going to keep him around and we're going to talk about the epiphany. So welcome, Dr. Bergwald. And again, because I say it or later, blessed epiphany. Today. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so no the, one's going to be able to forget it's the epiphany today. No, I don't think so. <laughs> so, Renee, what, what Sunday is today? <laughs> we, it's we, epiphany. We talk how about actually, um, uh, yeah, when the Christmas season oops, is going to end and so on yeah. tomorrow with yep. the baptism of the Lord and so on and so forth. And uh, as we were talking, I also thought about just making the whole episode sort of a one big biblical bites with Dr. B, biblical meals with Dr. B in this case, but... <laughs> We didn't do that. What, what, as as listeners will hear or watchers will see, um, we we do talk about the gospel account. Yeah. So this is um, the visit of the Magi is mm-hmm. the gospel account that we're reading. But the the first and second readings do shed some light on things that you and I speak about a little bit in the interview, but we don't spend a lot of time. Okay. So the first reading is from Isaiah chapter sixty verses one through six. Um, I'm going to do a. Uh, oh, we're doing the fast read? A quick read okay, so of the beginning. Okay, at, at, at Mass. <laughs> right, right. Pay attention to Mass, and then slow down for the one part in particular. Okay. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. So, manifestation. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that in the interview. Mm-hmm. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick clouds cover the pupils, but upon you the Lord shines, and over you appears his glory. So, manifestation, Lord's glory. Yeah. Nations shall walk by your light, kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar, your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Then you then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow. For the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you. Dromedaries from Midian and Ephah, all from Sheba shall come, bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the so Isaiah, centuries before, talks about how to Jerusalem will come kings. So the, the magi mm-hmm. are often portrayed, the, the wise men, the kings, we three kings, we yeah. three kings yeah. right? Because, and again, we don't know that definitively, but just look, re, finding, looking at what we find in the Old Testament, um, kings are coming, um, dromedaries from Midian, if, uh, from Sheba, bearing gold and frankincense, all these things that... Maybe at the time that Isaiah was writing this, people didn't realize it was that a prophecy of something that mm-hmm. would come mm-hmm. in a in a very clear way. But that this, this all happened. Yeah. For, so that's that's one thing. Then from Paul, uh, this is from Ephesians, brothers and sisters, you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit. Namely, the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to people in other generations as it had been revealed, manifested mm-hmm. to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So I love how the church connects all this. Right. So <laughs> because you and I did talk about this. We'll talk about this a little bit in the interview, but we didn't do it a lot. The significance of the fact that it's Magi who are pagans, they're Gentiles. They come to see Jesus. They're looking for, they're paying attention, they're seeking in a way that other peoples weren't. The, 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 the point there is that Jesus comes not just as the Messiah for just the Jewish people, but he comes as Messiah who is Savior for all people. And 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 I, I, 
We take this for, this is so much just for part of our cultural air. Mm-hmm. We don't realize the significance of what this meant, that Jesus came to save not just the Jews, which the Jewish people were waiting for the Messiah to save yeah. them in some yeah. sense, but for Gentiles as well. God's prom- chosen people, their Messiah is for us. Thanks, Dr. B, and we'll see you on the other side of the music. Sounds good. <laughs> Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. In the studio with me today, we get an all-day dose of Dr. Chris Bergwald. Yes, you do. Yes. Lucky you. Welcome, Dr. Bergwald. Thank you. I never Thank get you. to say just welcome, welcome Dr. Dr. Bergwald. Dr. Bergwald. There you go. That's true. It's going to be here, Renee. Thanks for having me. Yes. So, blessed epiphany <laughs> Thank to you. you. We wanted Dr. Bergwald to come in because it is the, the solemnity of the epiphany um, when this is running on radio. Um, so, I we haven't done anything on the epiphany mm. yet. Well, at least not since I've been doing Catholic Views. Right. <clears throat> I'm sure in the 80, no, I'm sorry. Sixty-year history, some sixty-some right. year history of Catholic views. It's probably been talked. Probably about. come up at some point. <laughs> probably before you and I were born. Probably, uh, probably since then. Probably, probably multiple times. So we wanted to talk about the Epiphany, um, and who better? <laughs> well, then. But we couldn't get them, so here I am. <laughs> kind of last minute. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, um, we're. Do, you, do we start with what is the epiphany, the epiphany, or what does the word mean, or oh, what's great. the history? That's, like, what's what's oh, the best that's, place that's, to start? That's really good. That's calm down. Elise is already. Um, um, <laughs> I, I think it's start. What's it mean? So epiphany. When you hear the word epiphany, Renee, what does that mean to you? Um, like a realization. Okay, so it's close to. So in in the theological context here, the the solemnity of the epiphany is about the manifestation. Okay of Jesus to the world. So there's a really, um, something that I forgot about until I was prepping for for our conversation um, that I knew once, but, you know. Uh, there's only so much room in your brain. Right, right. <laughs> um, Pope, but there's a really good, I would, I would encourage people who want to know a little bit more about this, but especially from the spiritual perspective, Pope Benedict, um, there's a specific homily, 2009, his homily for um, Epiphany, just gives a good overview. Uh, and he, re- th- this homily reminded me um, that there's, there's, the epiphany is celebrated in different ways for uh, Eastern Christians, Eastern Catholics, uh, than for quote unquote yes. Latin or Western yes. Catholics. So we tend to focus the on the manifestation of Jesus uh, to the world, specifically in the visit of the Magi to Jesus when he's. Right. We'll talk about, we're going to focus on that. But I just want to point out that the Eastern tradition actually focuses on the baptism right. of Jesus. And uh, that, that's kind and of. And we did in the beginning for the Western tradition too, didn't well, we? Well, no? well, but, but so it's kind of, that's kind of reflected in the Western tradition where, um, well, as people are listening to this on the radio, tomorrow we're celebrating the baptism of the right. Lord. And the, that wraps up the Christmas season. Right. So we always we always do have uh, the baptism near to Epiphany, but for us in the West, um, when it comes to what what we talk about, what we think about, what we read about from Scripture, what's pro- the, the the reading is not the baptism of the Lord; it's the visit of the Magi to Jesus. Okay, so I want to come back to that here in a second, but real quick first, is Epiphany always on the same date? Well, <laughs> or is it different? It, it depends on when Christmas is, right? Uh, Christmas is always on the same date. No. 
it's to be fair to you, Easter moves. Easter is the so, but we we do. It's 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 we might easy. Have to start the show. Over no, we're not going to really start the stupid. show. Over. No, it's, you know. Um, so so traditionally, Epiphany is the twelfth day of Christmas, January sixth. Okay, so then is January the baptism 6th. of the Lord always the same date? Um, no. Okay. Because it is, so this is where. I wonder, because okay. I felt like it's not always epiphany and baptism one day, like right after the other. No, not, no, correct, correct. Mm-hmm. So, um, baptism of the Lord generally is, it, it does, it, really, it depends on when Christmas falls. The date is always the same, but the day of the week. Right. So, um, for instance, this year, because Christmas falling on a Monday, for, for most places uh, in in the, the Western church, Epiphany gets moved to the next Sunday. Right, right. But when the, but depending how when that is in January, there might not be another Sunday after that in the Christmas season left. So that's why oh, this year, that's sure. why tomorrow Monday, the dates room oh, left. Oh, sure. Yeah. Then it has that to be the sense. next day. Okay. Now, now places in places like literally in Vatican City, where Epiphany is still celebrated on the sixth, um, then. Today is the the solemnity of the baptism of, of the baptism, Lord, right. and so I, I I suppose in those places the Christmas season ends today, right? Whereas the rest of us it ends tomorrow, right? Right. Okay. So back to the Eastern part. So I've heard that it was good because if you've been listening to RPR Radio, Real Presence yeah. Radio, yeah. Um, you've probably heard Steve Ray on a couple of times talking about the Epiphany. Um, so there's there's connections to Epiphany and the baptism of the Lord and the wedding feast at Cana. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you tell us about that stuff? So, so, so I'll just, I want to read just the opening couple lines from this homily of Pope Benedict from 2009. Epiphany, the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, is a many-faceted mystery. The Latin tradition identifies it with the visit of the Magi to the infant Jesus in Bethlehem, and thus interprets it above all as a revelation of the Messiah of Israel to the Gentiles. So I do want to make sure that we spend time on that. yes. The Eastern tradition, on the other hand, gives priority to the moment of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan— in the River Jordan, when he manifested himself as the only begotten Son of the Heavenly Father, consecrated by the Holy Spirit. So this epiphany as a manifestation. For for the West, the manifestation is of the Messiah of Israel to the Gentiles. Um, For the East, the manifestation is of Jesus as the only begotten Son of the Father, who is consecrated by the Spirit. John's Gospel, however, then it goes on, also invites us to consider as an epiphany the wedding at Cana, during which, by changing the water into wine, Jesus manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. That's from John's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 11. Right. Jesus manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Um, and he goes on uh, from there. But again, Epiphany being a manifestation, um, Benedict alludes there to three manifestations of Jesus. The Western tradition is manifestation to the Gentiles and the Magi. Um, the Eastern tradition is manifestation as the Son of God at the baptism, right. but then also as manifestation at uh, the wedding feast of Cana, um, where he manifested his glory. Right. Um, that's sort of, and what I was thinking about, so just think about the wedding feast at Cana. If you remember the story, um, Jesus' first response to his mother is, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not, not yet come. come. Yeah. So in a way, this is the beginning in John's account of Jesus's public ministry, where through this miracle, he's starting to right. pull back the curtain right. about who he is. 
Because prior to that, not a lot of people really knew about it. John, the way that John liberates <clears throat> Right, correct. right. Yep. Okay. So um, who are the Magi? Okay, so. And what, can we go to that point? Because that's that's what we're used to. <clears throat> yes, we are. being about. So here, and I do want to get to the biblical text, but I actually want to start with the catechism. Okay. So paragraph 528, the, the, the catechism early on where it's talking about Jesus talks about the, the mysteries of his life. Okay. And what they mean for us theologically. Um, so it talks about the mysteries of his infancy and his hidden life and what they mean for us. So 520 talks about the epiphany. This is the catechisms of the, the teaching of the church on what epiphany means for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Right. The epiphany is the manifestation of Jesus as Messiah of Israel, Son of God and Savior of the world. So again, for everybody, that's it's manifesting who he is. So, manif- Messiah of Israel Son of God, Savior of the world. The great feast of Epiphany celebrates the adoration of Jesus by the wise men, the Magi, from the east, together with his baptism in the Jordan and the wedding feast at Cana in Galilee. Again, all three are referenced there. In the Magi, now, in the Magi, representatives of the neighboring pagan religions, the gospel sees the first fruits of the nations who welcome the good news of salvation through the incarnation. The Magi's coming to Jerusalem in order to pay homage to the king of the Jews shows that they seek in Israel, in the messianic light of the Star of David, the one who will be a king of the nations. Their coming means that pagans can discover Jesus and worship him as son of God and savior of the world only by turning toward the Jews and receiving from them the messianic promise as contained in the Old Testament. Uh, the Epiphany also shows, shows that the full number of nations now takes its place in the family of the patriarchs and acquires Israelitica dignitas, so the dignity of the Israelites, they're made worthy of the heritage of Israel. So the point of the mage, so to talk about the mage, I know. Yeah. Um, the, 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 why do we celebrate Epiphany as we, as we do in the West? Mm-hmm. Because it's showing how Jesus, as we've already seen, but to be, just to be succinct, Jesus as Messiah for Israel is the Savior of the world. Right. This is not just about the Jewish people. This is good news for all peoples. And we see that in the very first years of Jesus' existence, where you have these magi, and, and we'll talk, what, what does that mean? Yeah. Oftentimes it's um, translated wise men. We have these, these um, seem to be astronomers slash astrologers, which were similar. They're, they're men who watch the heavens, mm-hmm. watch the stars, mm-hmm. and they're trying to discern signs sure. um, by watching the stars. They see a star that's arisen, um, and they're following it. So I just I, just to comment on that briefly. Like, uh, would that be a common thing? Would they usually just be like, "Oh, there's a star. Well, I'm that's go follow the, it." <laughs> so they're they're looking, they're, right? They're look because there was prophecies that are talking about this. But but did, did they know about those? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But they're looking and they're watching. So the interesting thing, um, I can't remember who pointed it out. It may have been Popentius homily, maybe somebody else. Um, when they come to Jerusalem, they, they go to the, the, the kingly court. And right. um, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen the star rising in the east. Um, it would make sense for them to go to Jerusalem. They know, sure. there's a, they know there's a king. So I'm sure they're presuming that it's going to be um, Herod's Herod must have had oh, a baby. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, they're, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that's what they were thinking. Let's just, somehow they've discerned um, that, the, that they need to go to Jerusalem. Well, 
must be the king's son. They're looking. So it, the way that Matthew, when you, we read about this, um, wise men came. So this is Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, and the day of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod, and the, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and goes on from there. Um, there's no indication there that the people in Jerusalem were paying attention the way that oh, the Magi sure. Right. So it's telling to me that, right, that the, now we know that certainly there were Jews who were waiting the Messiah and who were watching, but in the capital, the the heart of many ways, the the religious, cultural, political center of of Judea, um, Jerusalem, they're oblivious to the star. Right. Where you have pagans who were watching and somehow have intuited so, so they're they're watching, they're paying attention, and they seek. People in Jerusalem, Herod, and the other courtiers, and apparently even some of the maybe the the high priests and scribes, chief priests and scribes, no idea. have not been paying attention. Right, right. Which is telling. I and mean, there's a takeaway. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so the Magi were probably from Persia. We don't yeah, really know for we sure. We don't know for sure. Um, just looking. So the, the, when you get into like the textual analysis and what that word meant, and historically, we think they were Persian, so okay. modern-day Iran. And they probably would have been, like, all— they, These weren't three guys that, like, suddenly just came together. They were probably guys who already knew each other, were hanging out, whatever, and were, were looking Presumably. Now, together. the interesting thing is, so, again, you know, what's what's um, what's been revealed definitively as opposed to tradition? Who said there's three wise men? Right, right, because they don't say three, does it? doesn't it? say three. But there are three named in tradition. In tradition. And that's it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Balshazar. Caspar. Caspar and Melchior. Yeah. Yeah, are the three. Yeah. Um, so there, there are three named in tradition, but there's no actually indication in Scripture that, that there are actually three. three. Just wise men or magi, depending on the translation, came from the East. So there so, could have been quite a few. We don't know. It's true. There could have yeah. been. Yeah. But they there did there only, was the fourth I'm, one who got lost, remember? <laughs> But then there are only three gifts mentioned. There are. That's part of why I think so, we we've, yeah. we've thought or tradition has made this presumption that there's only three. So it's really interesting to me that you that you point out, and I hadn't thought about this before, that they were coming to see what they thought was a, a child of Herod, so a future king, perhaps. So, and the gifts they brought certainly are more to a a if they're thinking about it to a king who has been uh in a line of succession or whatever yep. not a baby born in a cave right 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 <laughs> and, and and technically we've talked about this in years past we don't know it was a cave right that's that's steve ray's deal he's he, sure it's a cave he's sure really uh-huh. well that's fascinating he and, i mean he's he in the Holy land a lot so he and I, dr michael barber can argue about yeah that, exactly so, i'm yeah. like that's the thing no one really knows for sure but um so so what's interesting you're, you're right so He's born in Bethlehem. Um, so just to point out some of the details of the yeah. narrative, I think yeah. that are relative. Uh, so uh, when Herod heard this, he was troubled all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. 
So for Old Testament prophecies there. Bethlehem, um, as listeners may know, Bethlehem is where David was right. from. Right. Bethlehem is David's hometown. David is the king par excellence of the Old Testament. The long-awaited Messiah will be the successor of David as king, um, the, who who will meet or surpass David at, in terms of his stature and status and dignity as king, as none of David's successors were able. To. Right, right. So, um, so the successor of David is going to come from Bethlehem. Um, and do you remember, Renee, I love the detail. Yeah, you do. What does Bethlehem mean? It means house of bread. House of bread. House of bread. Huh? That's so amazing. That? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> what are we in the midst of three? Oh, that's right. A Eucharistic revival. <laughs> um, so uh, we, we know, I'm, I'm not going to read right now the details, but Herod's like, okay, so uh, where and when? Yeah. So I can go and worship him. Yeah. No, that's it's not what he wants to do. That's not what he wants to do. Uh, and this so, would have been not right when Jesus was born. This is probably like when he's around two. Yeah, that's so because and we we even though our manger scenes have the wise men there, we do think it's likely that this happened chronologically several months up to two years later because Herod has all the newborn, all the, the the baby boys two years old and under right. killed right because it may have been as long as two years before yeah. this. Whole episode takes place. And it does say that the the wise men went to their home or their house. Yes, correct. <clears throat> Not again, to the stable. Or... But again, but again, if he was born in a home, as right, that's true. Because we've talked about this before, where it could have been more of a like the outer room. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So so uh, when they when they heard the king, they went their way, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before him till it came to rest over the place. And some translations does say home, where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and blanked him. Worshipped him. Well, so now some, tra- some translations say did him homage. Oh, yes. Yes. But, but the Revised Standard Version, at least, says worshipped him. Now, did they literally know? I mean, what's their sense of divinity anyway? Yeah, they're not Jews. Uh, they're they're so. not Jews. They've been multiple <laughs> gods. Do they know that he's literally God? Who knows? Right. But there's some divine presence to him that many translations render it. The Holy Spirit worshiping. was like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> down. Hit the deck. Down. Hit the deck. <laughs> they, then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Um, and then it's about what happens afterwards, which we'll come back to. So gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And there's been, not by the way, not one consistent um uh, interpretation in our tradition about what these gifts signify. There's there are some variations, sure. but I think the most common mm-hmm. one is gold because he's the king, mm-hmm. um, frankincense because he's God, yeah. but pre- priest. priest. So a priest offers or uses franken uses incense. So frankincense, incense. Right. I, I was pretty old before I realized that <laughs> frankincense is it's incense. incense. <laughs> um, but but incense is used in the context of the worship of God. Right. So that's why either the priest, uh, Jesus is high priest, or Jesus is God. And finally, myrrh is what you use to um, anoint a dead body. Right. So it's an anticipation. They don't. I'm sure they do not have any oh, clue. I was ask you, do they have any clue what, they, sure they what they're don't. doing there? I'm sure they don't. But um, it's a manifestation. It's God doing his thing, planting clues of, 
Jesus' destiny. He's like, hey, you guys should take these three. Yeah, take this. <laughs> yep, yep. So here's the, so so that's just, um, I, I do think that's where we get the idea of three wise men from right. because of the three gifts. Right. But there are already symbolic, these, these gifts, again, this happens so often where we do something, but we don't realize the greater significance. Right. The Lord right, does, right. Mm-hmm. and He's it's part of His plan. Yep. But we're just do 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 do. So, yeah, w- what were their intentions? I mean, I I, I think there 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 were they had a rationale for why they brought these gifts, but I think there's a there was a deeper significance than they had. They had no idea. Right. Right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> thank you for all of that great information. I'm sure, I'm sure. Okay. So we record this part before we record biblical yes. bites at the beginning. Yes. I'm sure we're going to get a little bit more. Can I tell you one more details. thing before we yes. wrap up? Yes. So being warned in agreement not to return to Herod, they departed their own country by another way. Many people point out, um, uh, I think Bishop Barron is the one I've heard this from most recently. They were changed by their encounter. Yeah. They go home a different way because they go home different men. Yeah. When we encounter Jesus Christ, we are changed and we act, we go home differently right. just as these men do. Right. So. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Before we go, can you give us a quick, like one minute, uh, School of Missionary Discipleship is starting a new cohort yes. at the end of January. Yes. So um, School of Missionary Discipleship is an initiative of the diocese, um, started at the behest of Bishop DeGrood, um, Father Scott Trainer as, as Vicar of Lane Courage Formation. Um, directing us in 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 this, so it's it, it's a way for lay people in particular, but anybody. We have religious, mm-hmm. we have priests and deacons also who participate. No bishops yet, but maybe one. Um, <laughs> not not our bishop, but maybe maybe a retired bishops. bishop. Maybe retired bishop. <laughs> um, it's just a way for all of us to grow in our understanding, basically about what does it mean to be a missionary disciple and how can I deepen my missionary discipleship. Yeah. So we start off in what the, this new cohort. The first thing. Um, laying the essential foundation of how to pray in a relational way. Right. Uh, I've said for a long time, just growing, being a cradle Catholic myself, I grew up um, learning prayers, and I and for a long time I would say prayers, but it's another thing to pray prayers. Right. And it's yet another thing just to pray uh, in, in, in a relational way where I'm talking, Father Scott's language, talking to God the way I would talk to a trusted so these 12 weeks, um, this late winter, early spring, are just about growing in your ability to talk to God the way that you would talk to a trusted friend, yeah. which was what he desires because he wants a relationship with yeah. us. Yeah. So I would really encourage people um, to the website sfcatholic.org slash SMD um, to find out more, register. Um, it really is. There's also people who, who have gone through this mm-hmm. and, and, and really have, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not it's being hyperbolic. Them. It's changed their lives. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that starts up again, the 20, uh, yeah, very, yeah, I think 20, so. I think the very, the very end of, of yes. January, Tuesday, the last Tuesday of January. Yeah. So, um, jump into that if you can, it's a great, it really lays the foundations yep. that you need to be a missionary disciple yep. or just be a better Catholic yep. in general. Yep. Even if you're like, I can't be a missionary disciple. Don't worry about it. Just go in there. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's, it, there's no prerequisites nope. for this first year. Nope. It is the prerequisite for subsequent right. uh, offerings right. that we, we do a whole year on an overview of the Bible history, a whole year of catechism. Yep. But, but just all you have to do, uh, or you don't have to do those things, just start with it. Thanks a lot. You bet. All right, and that is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic.